Everybody say amen. Turn around to two or three people and just give them a high five and thank them that you just say, it's just good to sit with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Awesome. I just love our worship team. Aiden, I don't know if you noticed, I, I didn't see anybody in there today. Oh, I just thought I'd share them. God is so good. Have you had, uh, this has been a rainy week, hasn't it? Man, and anybody get out and have to do yard work when it finally quit raining? <laughs> yeah, me and PK were doing that too. Well, if I remember, I'll give you a joke at the end of service. How's that? I don't know if it'll be that funny, but I'll try. <laughs> it's been good just talking about and learning about the authority we have in God and, and being able to take that and watch it work. Because it's amazing. The laws of the kingdom don't change. You can't change them. Um, you know, you, you can say to yourself, I, don't, I, I can change laws. Probably can't. Well, I'll just say I know you can. You cannot believe in gravity. Gravity will tell you it's real. So you, there's only, you have to supersede that by the law of lift. That's how a plane can fly. That's how those things. But, so, God, how do these laws of the kingdom work? And how does authority work? In years, we've, we've thought it was one way. We've been talking about it. But we know now we have a part to play. We have something that we have to do. We talked about, I talked about the sovereignty of God the last couple of weeks, especially last week. And I messed up people's theology because they're just like, God is sovereign, and we do believe God is sovereign, but we believe it the way the dictionary defines, and I'll get to that in just a second. But uh, the, the sovereignty that we've been taught and handed down is throughout the years is God is in charge of everything. If it happens, it must be his will. And we've talked about that, and we've been very plain. We've showed you scripture. Uh, but it turns people passive. When we believe that way, we think that well, there's no sense in me even trying. Why believe it's going to happen anyway? If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's God's will. And uh, so then if we say we don't like that, we would be in that line of thinking resisting God. And we don't get anywhere that way. But I showed you in the word, God gives you a choice we have delegated authority. In the NIV translation, that's like they say that's a reading ninth grade level, and I'm not against that translation, but uh, it's promoted and popularized uh, that saying, the sovereignty of God, um, because in the Bible, Almighty God and God Almighty is translated over 300 times in the NIV as sovereign Lord. So, and that's one of the most popular versions that ever came out and it's a it's and i'm not saying it's a bad version but you just need to understand that's what it was translated and i do agree again with god being sovereign but the dictionary says it this way he's first in rank order or authority and the church has said that it's just god's will in everything and so we miss that part of delegation delegated authority when i grew up my parents gave me chores you ever get chores <laughs> that's a good time to say, woo, okay, she's happy about chores. <laughs> There's a deliverance right after church. We'll help you with that. <laughs> but, you know, there are certain things I had to do. My, my dad uh, had me, I had to mow the yard. That was one of my jobs. Take out the trash. That was another one of my jobs. My 
sister's job was to give me fits. She's watching by camera right now. Hi, Crunch. <laughs> no, she had to do the dishes and, uh, you know, and then sweep and dust. And so her jobs were that. And I don't know who came up with the idea, who does what, but it just seemed that's how it worked. If the yard grew too high, it was my fault. And that meant not only did I have to mow it, guess what else I had to do? <laughs> they had not developed bag mowers back then that I can think of. I was the bag mower. Hated that. To this day, I hate bagging leaves or grass. Anybody else hate it? Mulching mowers are wonderful, so just so you know. But uh, anyway, that delegated authority. So there's certain things that are under our authority, and if we don't use that authority, then we can't really resist the devil. Because here's the thing. If you don't resist him, if you're not submitted to God and you don't resist the devil, he's not leaving. And he doesn't have to. And he won't leave on his own. You have to make him go. You have to... We were talking to people one time in ministry, and we were just visiting with them, and, and it made us really aware of the time, because uh, Kim will remember this. They said they had some people over. I don't know who they were. I don't know that they shared that. It's probably just as good. They didn't. They said, let's go to bed so these people can go home. We were like, well, it's getting late, isn't it? About time for us to, I mean, we hadn't been there very long, but man, we were watching. Well, we got to be going. I mean, we were going to find something to do. Because I didn't want to be one of those people, you know what I'm saying? So we, we have to enforce the authority God has given us. We think this, and the other way of thinking, well, if everything is God's will, then God made you sick if you're sick. God made your marriage fall apart if it's falling apart. He made you go broke. After all, he's, it's his will that that happens. He made you live paycheck to paycheck. This is all... God's will. If you believe that, then you become passive. Why try? Why do anything? Just be Charlie Brown. Why is everybody always picking on me? We'd be resisting God if that's what we thought, according to that belief. But that just isn't true. My friends, that isn't the way the Bible is written. So let me, if you can't understand the authority he has delegated to you, and you believe he controls everything, listen to what I'm trying to say. You won't have fruit there. And it'll be a fight for you every step of the way. Because that's not how the kingdom works. And so in essence, you're going to be fighting God. And you don't want to be fighting God. But that's kind of how you were raised. Remember when I told you the story of the, the grandmother, the great-great-grandmother that cut the end of the ham off? And it went through generation of generation. And every time they made a holiday meal, they said, we always have to cut the end of the ham off. And somebody said, why? I don't know. Great-grandma always done that. And the other one, well, we've always done that. And they find out they did a study, they dug a little deeper. The only reason she cut the end of the ham off is because it wouldn't fit in the pan. Nothing wrong with it. They just thought you couldn't eat that part of the ham. I don't know. But you need to understand, you'll fight against yourself. It is a faith killer. And if you think that God is just, it's just all up to God, it will negate your faith. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, remember that? Whatever will be, will be. God is the source of all power and authority and, and life and all that came with that. We get that. All authority comes from God. We read in Genesis the story about creation. Every time he did something, he said. 
He said, let there be light. He said, let the dry land appear. He said, let the earth bring forth grass, trees, herbs, fruit. He said, to create animals and the fish in the sea. And then in Genesis 1.25, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Listen to what it says now. And if you have your Bible, you might want to underline this or highlight it. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So every one of these examples, God said, that's how he did things. That's why Jesus in the New Testament said, say to this mountain. You don't have to tell God about the mountain. He knows about the mountain. You have authority to speak to the mountain. When we do a lot of skits and dramas sometimes in the past, we've talked about how God scooped the earth and formed the canyons and mountains and flung the stars into space. But in reality, he just spoke. He didn't have to do that. He just spoke. He just said his power and authority he releases it by speaking when he made man he says let's make him in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion that word dominion means authority and power and he gave that with his words dominion to physical things psalm 115:16 says the heaven even the heavens are the lords but the earth he has given to the children of men now i'm just telling you what the word says He is saying that the earth is given to the children of men. He created everything, and he's the CEO of all that. He's the owner. He gives dominion over the earth right here to mankind. Now, I grew up back in the day, so to speak. I'm 62 years old. That's my peeps. 62, but remember back in the day when, like, now there's contracts for everything. There's a contract for everything. There's contracts to fight against a contract. There's things that will, you can say, I'm going to sign this agreement, but I'm also signing this in case you balk on your agreement. Back in, when my kids were little, we watched the movie with Robin Williams in it called Hook. You remember that? And he kept telling his son, my word is my what? Bond, my word is my bond. When I grew up, your word meant something. You didn't have to sign a contract. My grandfather, my dad's dad, he, he just, if you shook his hand and said, I'll do it or I'll be there, to him, that's the same as any kind of contract. Because a handshake, and I was taught by my dad and my grandfather, when you shake somebody's hand, you don't give them a wimpy fish handshake. She's going to get that out yet, isn't she? <laughs> You, you give them a firm handshake. You look them in the eye. You let them know you're a man. But it was really important. And people would come up to my dad and say, I like your son. He's got a good handshake. But we weigh the person, if we didn't know them, by their word, by their, you know, their, their, the way they handled themselves, the integrity that came with that word. Nowadays, if you don't like it, you can leave it. You can break the contract. If you say something we don't like and you're on social media, we can block you. We can unfriend you. Have your children ever unfriended you and you're their parents? (laughs) Do it back to them. Change the locks on the door. They come knocking on the door. You can go, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) I mean, there's so many ways that the culture just teaches like, eh. People's word doesn't mean as much. 
but that's not true with God. He doesn't change. Psalm 138, 1 and 2, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness, your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. There's so much word to back up God's word. I mean, it's all about God always keeps his promises. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. That's in Philippians 2. The name of Jesus is the awesome word of God that has been magnified above his name. And really, if you think about it, a person's name is really no better than their word. Their name is representing their reputation. They don't keep their word. It damages not only their name, but their reputation and what they represent. Sometimes I've been to places that you know, that my folks couldn't go and, and say my sister or I went or I went or my sister went. And what did we do? Listen to what I'm telling you. We represented the family. They couldn't go, and so we went in their stead. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's something to have your word be true. If you keep your word and you have a track record of it, it carries weight. It means something. The word of God has been magnified above his name, Hebrews 1 through 1, 1 through 4. God, who at various times in various ways spoke into time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, to whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, listen to this, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, having become so much better than angels, he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. He spoke everything into existence. It says that, that he is holding creation, it is upheld by the integrity of his word. 6.18 of Hebrews, that by two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who uh, have fled to refuge, lay hold of the hope set before us. It's impossible for God to lie. He cannot do it. So there are things that are impossible for God. He can't lie, and he can't fail. God never loses. When he says something, it comes to pass. It is a covenant. Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break. He says, my covenant I will not break, nor after the, the word that has gone out of my lips. He is telling you, if I've said it, it's done. It's settled. It's a binding contract. He didn't give us dominion, and then because we messed up, how many in here have messed up? I got both hands up. <laughs> have you ever messed up and knew you were messing up and knew you didn't want to mess up, and you messed up anyway? Zachy, my oldest son, we had said to him, he was like any other four or five-year-old, loved sweets, cookies. What kid doesn't? What adult doesn't? Okay, don't answer that, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so this is what happened. You know, he was hungry, and he was always uh, wanting something sweet at that point. And he's went through different stages, but there were cookies in the cookie jar, and he wanted cookies. And so he said, I want, I want cookies. Now, my grandson today would say, I want cookies. <laughs> hey, Pots, because that's my name to him. He doesn't call me Pops. All the other kids call me Pops. He calls me Pots. 
So I love that. I don't ever want that to change. So anyway, he's like, Pots, buddy, want a, want a cookie. But Zach would be, I want a cookie. And I said, you can't, you can't have cookies because it's too close to what? Lunch, and it will, yeah, it'll ruin your appetite. So no, you can't have a cookie. You understand? Yes. I go upstairs, I come back down. He's got his hand in the cookie jar. And he sees me and he goes, I said, Zachary, what are you doing? He goes, getting you a cookie? (laughs) The integrity of God, he doesn't change. Because we've messed up, he still keeps, it's not like, okay, Zach, you're sleeping outside tonight. You can't stay in the house because you ate a cookie. No, it's my covenant with with God and my children. I will take care of them with every breath that I have. If God ever lied one time, the universe would fall apart. His continued integrity upholds everything. He upholds it. Genesis 126, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and dominion over the fish, the birds, Uh, cattle over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Everything that creeps, that includes the devil. He's the biggest creep of all. So every creep, (laughs) creeping thing, you have dominion over. God gave us authority and power. He spoke it. And listen, because he spoke it, we just read it, he can't violate it. It gives us some insight why the world sometimes is crazy. People believe that God sovereignly controls everything. They blame God for all the bad in the world. It must be his will for rape and murder and stealing and hatred, sickness, cancer, diseases, war, strife, lying, coveting, hoarding, sex trafficking. Those are all God's will. No, they're not. Well, he had to allow it. He had to take his hands off because he gave you a free will. Help me, somebody. He gave control of the planet to man. We've done a great thing with it, haven't we? I mean, in ways, I think we've done well, but there's so many things we have just strayed from God. Psalm 115, 16 says, the heaven, Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. He gave us control. He didn't cause the chaos we see. Satan did that. And do you know where Satan got his power from? He didn't get it from God. He got it from us. We were the gods of this world. Look at Psalm 82, 6. You are gods and all of you are children of the Most High. Now, before you check me off, let me explain. Jesus quoted this in John 10, 34, and 35. But it's written gods with a little g, not God with a big g, because he's referring to those in charge of the world and the earth. We have a divine authority like God. We are not God. That's why it's a little g. But he gave us dominion but with the authority standpoint. But there was one restriction, 2.17 of Genesis. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. The day that you eat it, you shall surely die. He put outside this. He said, here's the restriction. That was the only one he gave. No strings attached. I'm going to give you the world. I don't want you to do this. I want you to eat from that tree. But I don't know about you, but just have you ever given something and you had strings? I have. Or maybe I've given something 
and I thought there were strings. I gave a TV to somebody one time. They had to have it. They didn't have a TV, and they basically, oh, Brad, Brad, Brad. and I was, I, I was going to sell it, and I just said, okay, you can have it. And so I gave it to them. The next time they were at the fitness center, this is years and years ago, they were like, it's so sweet. Brett gave me a TV. I sold it the same day. Inside, I was like, I have not slapped anyone in a long time. I'm due. But in reality, the Lord got a hold of me and said, you gave it to him. It's not yours. You need to understand anything that we have, we're just stewards over it. And so I, inside, my emotions and my flesh were like, oh, if you ever even ask for a lollipop, I'll tell you what I'll give you. And God had to deal with me because really, I don't know if the problem, I don't know, he can deal with the gentleman I gave the TV to, but he was really dealing with me. I attached strings. One of the things that PK and I are trying to do here, and as we grow, we have to give things away. That's kind of hard. Because you want people to have your vision. You want people to have the, the vision of the house and to do things and to, to act with integrity. And, and, you know, to when they say to do something with the people that are with them, it is the same as if I said it. Does that make sense? I'm going to help you. Listen to the centurion that Jesus said, I'll go with you. And he said, you don't have to come with me. You just say the word. I know what it's like. Uh, that people under authority just say the word and you know if I tell them to go they go in other words he had to obey Caesar and so it's the same as when they heard his voice it was just as if Caesar said it so when it comes to things of delegation when God should be when when you take authority over the enemy you know what he hears he hears Jesus voice when you talk that's what he hears and that's what he should hear I gave away a truck I didn't want to. I thought she would stop me. Because I'm like, it was, it was a nice Ford Ranger truck. Now, if you're a man that's like, my shoulders are fairly broad. They're like, that ain't a real truck. You get two men in there, you're touching shoulders. That ain't a real truck. Well, it was a nice truck. I liked it. And the Lord said, I need you to give it. And he pointed out a young man. He was just a youth at the time. He said, you need to give him that truck. I'm like, I rebuked that in Jesus' name. I didn't know. And the Lord just kept dealing with me and dealing with me. And then I, so I told Kim, I said, he wants me to give away my truck. She didn't even hesitate. She said, well, you better do it. So I told the, I told the kid, I said, listen, I pulled him off the side and I said, Lord wants me to give you your truck. And his eyes just got like, because he was been wanting that truck. He'd been eyeing that truck. And I don't know what he ever told the Lord. His mother started crying. Oh, oh. And I was like, yeah. So I said, just come to the house on Monday and pick it up. They came to the house. I signed the title over. They tried to give me a few thousand dollars. I wanted to take it. I'm just telling you how human I am. I wanted to take it, and the Lord would not let me. I felt like that's a string. So I said, I can't take it. And they kept pushing it. They had the money out, and they kept saying, here, please, please, we'd feel much better. We're so blessed. Take this. And I'm like, finally, I said, could you just get in the truck and drive away, please? 
And they were like, okay. So they did. I went a little while, actually, we went about a year without another vehicle because my belief system isn't where it was today. But I was mad at God, and I was, you know, like I thought for sure I was going to, when I finally got lined up, then things started happening again. And somebody else gave me a car, and I gave that away, and another, and another, and then sell this one, give the money here, and we did that. And I mean, things just started being crazy cool. No strings. God, he just keeps moving forward. He doesn't back up. He isn't going to take his blessing back. I couldn't go to the person and go, hey, you know what? I kind of want my truck back. Because it's not my truck. Now it was his truck. God never wanted Satan to be the God of this world. We are the ones that gave that to him. It was not God's will. He told us not to do it. But we disobeyed and allowed Satan access. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. God cannot break his word. He had already spoke it and put it into place. He didn't say, Brett, you didn't do it my way. So I'm taking back my authority. I'm taking back dominion. If you would have done that, the, the universe would just go kaboom. He holds things together by the power of his word. By his integrity, he cannot lie. He says in James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You see, when God said that, he put himself right. This is where I stand. I can't change that. If you don't resist, the devil doesn't go away. If you don't submit, there's nothing stronger for him to make him go away. God will not resist the devil for you. He won't resist. Listen to what I'm saying. I know it's really quiet, but you need to hear the authority. He's not going to resist sickness for you. He's not going to resist poverty for you, depression for you, unbelief for you. Why? Because he gave you dominion and power to do that. He's not going to do what you can do. If you never taught your children my, my dad's here today. Dad, remember when we were on camping out with the Royal Rangers and there were kids nine years old that could not, and as God is my witness, could not make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They mutilated that bread as if they've never spread anything on it before. I remember my dad going, look at that. The kid was just, and the bread was just ripping. And I'm like, hey, 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 you're tearing the bread. He goes, well, what else is supposed to happen? And bless his heart, and dad said to him, he goes, have you ever made a sandwich before? And he said, no, mom always did. Now he's nine years old. We were thinking, come on. God's not going to do what you can do, and he has delegated it for you to do yourself. He will not violate his word. He won't fix your mess without your involvement. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, highlight this, underline this, according to the power that works in us. A lot of us stop after ask or think, oh, praise God, you got, 
You got some power. You got according to the power that works in us. You need to understand that the measure that he gave you, that measure of faith, you have to understand you have to put that to work. If you got no power working in you, you limit with what he can do to help you. He won't operate, operate outside people. He flows through people. Now, there are miracles. I get that. I'm not going against the, you know, there could be a miracle that happens, this and that. I'm not saying, I'm talking about as a general rule working through you. <clears throat> but we can limit God to what he wants to do in our life because of our own choosing. Psalm 78, 41, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. He wants to flow through people. That's what he does. That's how he operates. If Jesus was here today, Kim and I just had this talk the other day, and she was just telling me something she had heard. But if Jesus was here today, we'd all be like, I want, yes. Holidays. Do you have two tables at holidays? The kids' table and the adult table? For years growing up, I always had to sit at, guess what table? The kids' table. Grew up sitting at the kids' table, but we go to the adult table, and we thought we were big stuff, and we get the adult table. If Jesus was in the house, everybody would want to sit at his table. Wouldn't that be cool? And you'd be almost like, is he going to break the bread? There'd always be enough food. (laughs) You know, you are thinking all that kind of stuff. But just think about that. If Jesus was there, he can't be anywhere else. Because when God was in physical form, he could be in one place. And we would think this is awesome, and it would be awesome, but Jesus said, it's better that I leave. Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to go inside. He's going to dwell in you. And then now God has the ability to be where? Everywhere. Now, he is omnipresent, but now through all the believers. He can live inside the, you, the tabernacle, you, the church. According to the power that works in us. He gave us dominion. It would have been unjust of him to come down and violate our free will. Adam and Eve, in their own free will, gave the power and the authority to the enemy that God had given mankind. The devil had to come and get it, and that's how he did. He got it from them. They submitted themselves to him, and God had his hands tied because they had a free will. He couldn't force them because he'd be breaking his word, and then he would have been a liar. It wasn't the way he wanted But because they had a free will, he backed off. Have you ever tried to teach your children something? And you said, don't do that. And they were like, but I said, but you could. So finally you just go, okay. And they crash and burn a little bit. And you're like, I mean, obviously if it's not really that bad, you you, you know, if it was going to be bad, you could intercede because... We are human, I get, you know, but still. Sometimes you're like, you could have avoided all this. So for 6,000 years, God had backed off. He's been working to change what we did, what Adam and Eve, our original parents did. 424 of John, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He gave authority to physical people. He didn't have a physical body. So he did not have authority on the earth except... As he spoke to people that had a physical body and to the degree that they obeyed him, that's how he flowed to do things. 
When you accept Christ, your spirit gets connected. God lives in you. The issue that God couldn't find anybody totally yielded to him. We're all corrupted by sin. So it limited him in what he could do because he had to flow again through people. That's the things that he put into place. When he became a man, in other words, that's how Jesus comes into play. All the lineage that led up to Jesus. It changed everything. Now Jesus had authority on the earth because he came in a physical body. Back in the Old Testament, that's what they were waiting on. Jesus came, fulfilled the prophecy, and then he, when they started seeing, and that's Jesus would say stuff like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand because he's, he's walking it right there. And that's why Jesus had to go away so then everything could now grow because now God can come into each and every person. So when Jesus was here, man, now the enemy's got stuff he's got to deal with right now. Because now it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Now God was not just a, a spirit like in the Old Testament where they did all these sacrifices and all that. Now Jesus is saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he had authority. He started doing things. Making blind people see. Lame people walk. Dead people wake up. Lazarus! Come forth. And people are like, oh my gosh. Authority on the earth. As my son would say, Jesus went ham. And I'm like, what in the heck does that mean? It means he just put it to the devil. He just beat the snot out of him. That's what it means. He just went off on him. He went Bruce Lee on him. There's nothing, that, I mean, Jesus just like took authority. Demons, you know, people, we can't cast it out. Jesus is like, get out. And they all just, hey, can we, can we go into these pigs? Whatever. Go. And shoo, things just start happening. When he comes on the scene, let me tell you, believers, he's still on the scene because he lives in you. The problem is we don't believe that. So we're not seeing these signs will follow them that believe. If we believed it, we'd have signs to show it. When Jesus rose again, you know, the devil even says, you can read scripture, I didn't pull it up here, but he says if he would have known what the plan of God was, if he would have known that now the spirit of God is going to live in every believer, he would have never killed Jesus. So Jesus gave us the authority. He showed us how to do it. This is what I want you to do. So now we have to resist the devil. Because the enemy's not fighting directly against God. You need to understand, well, we're at war with the devil. War makes it seem like there's an opportunity for the enemy to win. He's already lost. The war's already been won. This is the enemy fighting against you. He's already a defeated foe. He's fighting that you don't know that. So you have to come from the standpoint, it's already won. God has already given me everything I need. I have power and authority and dominion. So we have to resist. He's fighting against us, and he uses lies and deception. He's the father of lies. The Bible says we overcome him by the truth. 
And that's what sets us free. And this is the thing. In this series, we're finding out truth. I'm just trying to peel this back. So if you apply truth, you see things happen. It doesn't take much when you're like, oh, my word. I mean, I'm closing now. The disciples, can you imagine them coming back? Jesus says, you can do this. Now, again, he can't lie. And he sends them out. And so they go out. I'm going to come down front. So you guys can put on some music. They come, and so they come back and they say stuff like this. Even the demons obey us. Do you know what it's like to understand that God does that? I mean, everything just, sometimes I feel like God sets me up. Now, think about this. He uses people. And he'll use me just like he'll use you. And if you're like, oh, he won't use me. If you let him, he will. Because he's no respecter of persons. So he can't lie. If he only uses me and won't use you, then he's a liar. Then everything I'm telling you is wrong. That's not what the word says. But I've told you the story, and this is the last story today. Okay? I was, quote, quote, just a youth pastor. I was an assistant pastor and a youth pastor. And I was at a, a larger church, had a school with it. And I was the school counselor. I was the seventh, eighth grade gym teacher. I was the Royal Ranger commander. I was one of the worship leaders, the assistant pastor, the youth pastor, a lot of hats. But I told you the story, let me just cut to the chase. So we were in youth. I had youth on Monday nights. Had to, some adults are like, can't have youth on Monday night. Why not? Because youth should be on Sunday night or Wednesday night. Show me. There's no word that says that. I picked Monday. Now, here's why I picked it. Because back in the day, churches were always Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. How many ever did that? We lived by that. That's like, you cut your teeth on Sunday night. I get it. <laughs> but I wanted Monday for the fact that if we were doing something that we wanted the ability to grow, not to take people from other churches, but give them a chance to fellowship. So that I had groups from other churches that came. They'd come on Monday because we weren't on a traditional night. Does that make sense? And I talked with the pastors. If they had somebody show up, I'm not trying to take your student. If we have a, a sectional or a national event, they can go with your church. That's who they should go with. We're not going to try to take them. And, and so the pastor knew and we were working side by side. Isn't that since we're on the same team, should, we should be doing stuff like that. So that's fine. So we had the students come, and we were having a good time, and service was going, and I was just down front like this. And it was much like this, a couple sections like that. And on this side of the church, there was a section and section, and then they had another section and another section, and those had accordion doors, and those were all pulled. Uh, we didn't normally need that for the youth, but we had both of these sections, and there was a bunch of kids coming, and I had several helpers. And some guy comes in. He's a man. So this is youth. And he comes in. Now, you got to start saying, it's not like I went to church that night and said, I have power and authority. I have dominion over devils. I went to youth to go to youth to teach the kids a cute little object lesson and to do what I could to tell them about God's love. I mean, I'm just being honest. I want them to have a good time, find God in the way. I'm going to give them an altar call and... Bada bing, bada boom. This guy comes in and he looked fine coming in the back door. And I remember looking up and thinking, 
I mean, like now today, we have security. I have security in this building right now. We didn't have security on Monday night. I just had a couple youth leaders. And I, this is going through my mind. Who's going to stop this guy? If some, I mean, I don't know him. I've never seen him before. He looked real rough. Not that looks or anything, but, you know, something was wrong. And then something in my spirit was like, whoop, 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 whoop. You know, spider sense going berserk. And he got to the, like the back and he started just shaking and twitching and kind of torquing weird. And then he started grunting and groaning. And everybody, I mean, I'm watching kids. Have you ever seen Dawn dishwashing liquid drop into a thing and then poof, all the, that's what's happening. The kids are like, whoosh, and they're all like, PB. And this is what I'm thinking. I got, I got a, one guy that's a leader back there. Two, two guys that were leaders and like two or three moms that were back there that helped lead. Every one of them, they're like, we, we'll keep the kids safe over here, pastor. You go right ahead. That's pretty much how that went. And I remember inside of me this wave of fear. Almost like, you know, if somebody turns on a fan and you're like, or how about one of those arrow loves my whatever that thing is. What's that called? Yeah, leaf blower. <laughs> he loves that. But that's what I was like. But then something else inside of me said, stand up. I remember pointing at that guy and saying, you sit down right now and shut up. And I mean, everybody was like, and then I put this on it. Here's the tagline. I didn't say, to Brett from Santa. I said, in Jesus' name. And he sat down. And he sat there and just did what he was doing. And everybody was over here. Without going into great detail, um, I'm just going to tell you what happened is we just went over. And this is a simple fact. He gave us dominion. Went over. And in, a, in just a few minutes, that guy was free. And he walked out of there. I don't remember all the details of all of that. I do remember, I think, him saying something like he felt he was supposed to come there. And then I heard, uh, this is why I'm bringing this up, because when we were at the provision conference, Pastor Gary had said this woman had come there that needed deliverance, and she had drawn a, drawn a picture of the front of their building, never been there. And I have to go to this church. I don't know where this church is, and here it was a picture of the front of their building. And she came there and the thing started manifesting and Drenda and Gary prayed and she was free. But because when he said that, it clicked in my spirit that all that this guy, I remember him saying something like he, he knew he was supposed to come here and he got free. I, I don't have a picture or anything like that. My, my whole point of saying that is authority and dominion. I didn't go there planning on that to happen. But that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to knock the wind out of you. He wants to take you off your feet. But I'm telling you, something that Kim and I have prayed, I want to see him coming a mile away. So when I see him coming, or when something happens, my spirit is in tune with God, and it is like, as I said before, on like Donkey Kong. And it's like, oh, no. What happened with those students, what the enemy thought he was doing, those students, when he left... I was able to tell the students what had happened to the best of my ability. 
And they, this is what one of them had said. This stuff is real. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, did you, I mean, did you, I mean, did you see that? And of course they're all like, yeah, this stuff is real. And so it made them have a hunger for the things of God because a lot of times teens just want to see power because they've seen a lot of fake. They just want to see real. And I think we all have that. There are things that I think the Lord will help you with in your life that you can go, I can see that. I need to put God on that. But God won't get on that if you don't put him on it. The Bible says he will bless the work of your hands. And zero is still zero in heaven, just like here on earth. If you're not doing anything, he can't bless that. I challenge you. Take the authority he's given you. We just read scripture. He gave it to man. Take charge of your house. Take charge of your children. Take charge of your life. Start asking God. Not, not to a place where you're so, you can't talk to anybody. I'm just saying, you will know when you connect with God. You will feel free. And you don't go by feelings, but I'm saying because the truth is when you are free, you'll know it. Because some of you are hearing my voice now and you know you're not. Just because you know you're not. But you can be. And you will be. If you trust the Lord. Bow your heads closed.